This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. You know what it is! It's Taco Tuesday! And not only is it Taco Tuesday on WABC, it's Cheney Day. Woo! That's right. Today is the day, ladies and gentlemen, that people in Wyoming have been waiting for. A day to cast their ballots for or against their congresswoman, Liz Elizabeth Cheney. If you'd like to be part of today's program, you don't have to be in Wyoming. 800-848-WABC, 800 Thanks, Nigel Farage. I was on Nigel Farage's show on GB News. That's Great Britain News. Over, uh, So I was, my image was across the pond this morning. I was talking to people across the pond about things happening in the United States here in, believe it or not, Minneapolis, Minnesota. We will, of course, get to that, I'm sure. Many of you have heard that abysmal story. <laughs> Uh, The passport. Yeah, the passports. As you know, President Trump, Donald Trump, said that the the, uh, raiders down there, the stormtroopers that took his, uh, that went and invaded Mar-a-Lago, ended up taking three of his passports. Now, usually you need a separate court order to take somebody's passport. Said they took three of them, one had expired, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, the government denied it. And dutifully, CBS reporter Nora McDonald went out and, you know, oh, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. The DOJ says it didn't happen. Well, it did happen. And proof that it happened is they're giving them back 
and an email was released that the DOJ is returning the passports that they took from Mar-a-Lago. Liz Cheney's future and what else to watch in the Wyoming and Alaska primaries. It's not just Wyoming. Alaska is also having their primaries. The Trump-hating senator there, Lisa Murkowski, is up. She, well, I don't know. It looks so far as if she will survive. But one never can tell, so we'll just keep an eye out for it. Elizabeth Cheney, there's a lot to say about her race. You know, she's not going to be broke at the end of it. She will have over $7 million left in her campaign kitty to do with as she pleases. Of course, my take has always been that she is going to try to wait and see if public public sentiment turns against Donald Trump, and if if so, she'll be casting herself as if she's some sort of Churchill figure. The one standing in the dark, giving us the warnings when all else were not worried or concerned about it. And she will try to use that to further her own political life. I don't know whether that will work, and I don't know whether people will turn on Donald Trump. That has to be the bet. That's the, that is the big roll of the dice. Will the public turn? Will Trump supporters turn against Donald Trump? So, of course, if you want to weigh in on the Trump saga, the continued saga, Feel free. If you want to talk about any of the primaries today, Wyoming and Liz Cheney or Alaska. And by the way, Sarah Sarah Palin is running for the congressional seat in Alaska and unknown as to her chances. They they're doing this 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 way to this this method of voting in Alaska is Whoever is called, there's a name for it. It's a ranking system where the candidates are not listed by party but by rank. And whoever comes out on top, you know, all that business. So unpopularity can often result in losing an election there. And Sarah Palin is not as popular in her home state as she once was. And that's why there are questions as to whether she will be able to prevail in the Alaska primary or not. But before we get to elections and before we get to all that stuff, let's talk about the airports for a minute. Oh, the airports. What about the airports? Did you know that last night was a horror story at LaGuardia? And to a lesser extent, JFK. New York passengers, it said in the Daily Mail, were facing a night of misery. The Federal Aviation Authority announced there would be extensive delays in the New York region due to 
a shortage of air traffic controllers. So now we've had pilots and flight crews with shortages. And now we have air traffic controller shortages. As of 6 p.m. last night, LaGuardia had been hardest hit. They issued what's called a ground stop for some air traffic control zones, meaning flights that were destined to come into into LaGuardia were not allowed to take off from their locations. And, of course, that backed up the system entirely. Some passengers were, of course, upset that they didn't hear anything, any word from the airlines that they had booked travel with. Some of them waited for hours on the tarmac for planes that wouldn't leave. Others sat around the airport waiting with no information whatsoever, only to find out after hours that their flights had been canceled. So what to do? Who is the head of the Department of Transportation in America? Who does that be? I don't, I don't, let me see if anybody knows. Kevin, do you know who runs the, uh, the Transportation Department here in the United States of America? Would that be Pete Buttigieg? Ah. Uh, Scott. Yeah. Who, who, who runs the uh, Transportation Department? Uh, but Jiggy, is it? How do you, I'm not sure how you say it. Buttigieg. His name, let's not make fun of his name, Buttigieg. You're right. Yes. I don't know where he's been. This entire summer, people have been complaining about the flights that have been canceled, that have left thousands upon thousands upon thousands of travelers and their families stranded. Now we have airport controllers that are apparently not enough. And where was our transportation secretary? Why hasn't he stepped up to the plate? Why hasn't he come to the public and say, you know, we have some challenges here, but here's what we're doing to fix them. Those of you, summer's coming to an end. It's amazing how quickly summer goes away. It seems like it's just getting started and oops, it's over. Not good. And I don't know how many of you that are planning that last summer fling, that last summer vacation, how confident you feel about getting in the air right now, whether you're going to get to where you're going or whether you're going to get back. If you have a tight schedule, if you have the kids getting ready to go back to school, for instance, and you want to time your vacation so that you can get back right before school starts, are you confident that if you fly right now, you're going to make it home in time? What has been your flying experience? We had two years of COVID that affected the airlines horribly. Now we're trying to stand up air travel again in the United States, and I'm curious as to how many of you are confident 
that we have great air service, that the carriers are doing all they can do, and that our Department of Transportation is on the case. Anyway, that and more. When we get back, before we get to call today, and before we start with the uh, more deeper political analysis of Cheney, if we get there, I mean, we all know everything we need to know about Liz Cheney, don't we? But we may just, you know, do a deeper dive. And before we do a deeper dive into the latest on this DOJ continuing saga of the aftermath of the raid on Mar-a-Lago, I want to talk about what's going on in Minneapolis with the schools. So let us do all of that when we return James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, at his rush hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. The single most important thing, though, is to ensure that Donald Trump is not the Republican nominee uh, and that he certainly Mm -hmm. is uh, not anywhere close to the Oval Office ever again. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Matt, are you around? Right here, Mr. Boat Snurgley. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our program director. This is the genius, and he is. He's a genius. His name is Matt Meany. Oh, too kind. Uh, I'm very kind, and you are, you're also a genius. Matt, I have a question to ask you. you are, are you an Elvis fan? Do you know anything about Elvis? I do know some stuff. I wouldn't say I'm an Elvis fan by any means, but I know Elvis, you know, he died on the toilet bowl, you know, all that whole thing, and also his uh, great, great music career. <laughs> right? That's the first thing that comes to mind is uh, <laughs> Rob Bartlett, this comedian, yeah. used to do Fat Elvis on, on Imus, and uh, he would always be on the toilet. Fat Elvis would be on the toilet. Yeah, 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 he's right. Okay, so I, I have a favor to ask you. Go ahead, anything. Can we get, before the show is over today, one song, but not by Elvis? Sure. It is by a guy that, by the name of Otis Blackwell. Okay. And it's all shook up. It's an Elvis song, Otis Blackwell, all shook up. There's an album that Otis Blackwell has called These Are My Songs. Mm-hmm. And I just want to play one on uh, Elvis Day. All right, consider it done. Otis Blackwell, all shook up. We'll have it before yeah, the end of the show. And, and let me, okay, thanks. And see, here's the deal, though. I love the fact that we are honoring Elvis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He was, oh, I don't want to do a pop quiz because you're so young, it wouldn't be Go fair. Go ahead, hit me. Come on. This will be great for the audience. They could see how, you know, the next generation, there is some hope here. So uh, I could get this. Let's go. Okay. Who do you think was the first real pop 
superstar in American music. Okay, I, oh my God, I know this. I know this, uh, and, oh my goodness, uh, I'm the Jimmy something? Jim, no, Jimmy Stewart? Nope. No, no, nope. that's not it. He was, uh, he was, he was in films. The Jimmy Stewart thing? Oh God, I know, there was a teen, oh, no, Bo- Bobby? Nope. Nah, okay, all right, sorry guys. You know guys. his name. I, uh, and people, most people don't think this, but this is real. It was Frank Sinatra. Ah, uh, Frank Sinatra was the first huge mega star who crossed different mediums. He was music. He was film. Mm-hmm. He was, this guy was just. Entertainment, then, right? The culture, the rap pack, the whole right, thing. Yeah. Right. But the first rock and roll superstar was this guy. No doubt about it, baby. And so I'm glad that one of the things that you're doing here, Matt, is, is actually honoring Elvis on WABC because WABC was so instrumental in bringing this music to America. You're, you're so right and bringing it back on the weekends. I mean, and you could speak to it, too, because I believe, right, you are too, uh, the the last music program director for W uh, music. Yes, the yeah. last music director on w, for WABC. So, Absolutely. So we got it back. And uh, today is the day that Mr. Presley died. Uh, what is it? Got to be 45 years ago now, I think. And, uh, on the toilet, you said. On the toilet, yes. Um, <laughs> that is unfortunate that image may be. And uh, Graceland is still there. And, uh, it, you know, Tony Orlando did an interview a couple weeks ago with uh, Lisa Presley, uh, Priscilla Presley, excuse me. And, um, uh, just talking about Graceland and the impact, you know, Elvis made. And, uh, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, celebrating Elvis. Yep, going to WABCradio.com slash Elvis. Listen later after my show is over for the Elvis spe- special that we have on WABCradio.com. And Matt is going to graciously grab us a stone because I want to make a point about oh. Elvis. Uh-huh. And uh, you'll hear the point. Got actually. it. Otis Blackwell all shook up. Coming to you. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, you can do anything but the devil for my blue suede shoes. suede shoes. Okay, where's Jailhouse Rock? Just get it over with. Come on, where's Jailhouse Rock? I know it's in there somewhere. You know, it's got to be, right? I mean, please tell me that we have Jailhouse Rock in our library. We must. He's looking, ladies and gentlemen. See, these are the kids that... There it is. Yes, the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh come on! Tell me you tell me you listened to Elvis when you were a kid, Kevin. No comment. go back and you look through the documentaries of course you'll remember there was tremendous upset because elvis actually was dancing and gyrating his hips if that's all anybody did today huh, huh, huh. i've seen performers i won't mention her name who simulated 
how shall I say this nicely, diddling herself on stage. And I and there were young girls in the audience and I'm looking at this, I'm saying, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And they were worried about gyration of hips. Don't get nervous. No, I'm not. All right, Elvis, stay here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Before we head to the next break, let's talk a few minutes about what is going on in Minneapolis. You may have heard about this, my friends. Fury, fury, fury has erupted over a new contract in Minneapolis. And here's the bottom line. White teachers are going to be laid off. When there are going to be layoffs in Minneapolis, the contract says white teachers get it first. Doesn't matter their seniority, doesn't matter anything else. The color of their skin is white, and so white teachers will be laid off first. Now, why, you ask? Why, James? Why would they lay off the white teachers first? Well, you know why. You don't even have to ask me why. Because it's to address previous racism. It's a Democrat city, so of course they've been racist to black people in the past. That's what Democrats do. That's what liberals do. So in the past, in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, they denied blacks applying for jobs to teach. They denied them jobs. And now, to be fair, the new social justice warriors and the unions over there, the teachers unions, say, you know what? Let's make it all up to people. Let's discriminate now against whitey. And so... If you're a whitey, if you're a teacher, or they used to call them honkies, whatever they call them, honkies, whiteys, crackers, or whatever pejorative terms they call white people, if you're one of those and you're in Minneapolis, then if when it's time to get fired, whiteys get it first. Okay? It's fair. What are you complaining about? Of course, aye, aye, aye. Of course it's absurd. If you have a problem of past racism, first of all, I'm not going to knee-jerk and just say too bad. I'm just going to say, okay, if someone can identify people that were harmed by the government and you want to redress that, then you find the people that were harmed and you offer them some kind of settlement. But you do not do this, a blanket racist fix to something where you're hurting people that never caused the problem in the first place and you're punishing them simply because of the color of their skin. It is, it is so clearly, obviously wrong that I don't know how any union could propose this and then I don't know how any city or state in these United States of America could look at this in black and white, on a contract, and say, yeah, okay, I'm going to sign that contract with this clause in there. All you have to do is substitute white for anything else. We're going to lay off the Asians first. We're going to lay off the Jews first. We're going to lay off the blacks first. We're going to lay off the, uh, the Philippines first, the Filipinos the Pinoys. We're going to get rid of them first. We're going to get rid of anybody first. Once you do that, you've already stepped in dangerous territory that is morally abhorrent. Why does it take public outrage 
to turn something like this around when it should never have been proposed in the first place. And I don't know whether this will be turned around. Right now, there are no indications that the school district in my in, in Minneapolis is going to change their mind. They may just well go ahead with this racist policy. I'm telling you, I just you want to know how liberals are destroying or trying their best to destroy the fabric of this nation and to demoralize those of us who believe in American exceptionalism. This is how they're doing it. This was a terrible idea, and the fact that it made it this far shows you that there was a dearth, there was a tremendous lack of political leadership and moral leadership in Minneapolis. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurbies, Bo Snurbies, West Hour, coming back right after this. Y'all know what the day is, right? I said, do y'all know what today is? Today is Taco Tuesday! The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Taco Tuesday! W-A-B-C. hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's amore. That is the when voice. the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. Uh, Dean Martin. The one and only Dean Bells Martin. Ring, tingle-ling-a-ling, tingle-ling-a-ling, and you'll sing yeah, I know. the bell. But every once in a while. And remember that Dina Martin is on with us every weekend here on WABC. When the stars make you drool, just like a pastefazul, that's amore. Where's the moon? When you dance down the street with a cloud at your feet, you're in love. What do you mean, I'm the moon? When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming. I don't understand what that means. What do you mean, I'm the Mouillon? Excuse me, but you see, back in old Napoli, that's more. Where were you, ladies and gentlemen? Are you old enough to remember when Elvis died? Where were you back in 1977 when you heard the news that... Uh, the king of rock and roll had departed to that big amphitheater in the sky. I have a friend of mine who just asked me that. She said her mom bawled her eyes out, had tickets to go see Elvis, and, of course, wasn't able to see him. And it was just a really sad occasion. All right, let's head to other telephones. Let's go to Peter in New Jersey. Peter, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you? Hey, Bo. It's good. Always a pleasure. Say, uh, I was working at a plastic factory uh, doing molds 
for uh, computer chips when I was that I was listening. I heard it over the radio, and soon after that, I joined the Navy. But uh, wow. we were talking about the te- we were talking mm-hmm. about the teachers and uh, you know how the whites are going to be um, fired first, or laid off first, prior to blacks, and so on and so forth. Uh, Joe Biden made this division way before when he started, and he said he was going to give grants to black farmers opposed to. Uh, white farmers and so on and so forth. Um, but I have to ask you one question, though, and the question is this: Europe is also suffering by not having um, a conservative per se in the House. When Donald Trump was in the House, Europe was thriving, and so was the United States. The, the bottom line is, when the United States goes and they thrive, the whole world thrives except for those who are against the United States, such as China, uh, Iran, and uh, Russia. Your thoughts? My thoughts are, you're brilliant, and that's why people say that America is the economic engine of the world. When the United States is in full prosperity mode, when when our economic engine is humming on all cylinders, that moves the direction of the world economy. The world economy picks up pace. You're right. Europe picks up pace. And sometimes, you'll remember this, I'm sure, that even when the United States is doing well, sometimes the euro was still uh, stronger than the dollar, which meant we got a lot more European tourists over here because it was such a cash value for them. And it just further helped the boom. Uh, The only thing that I might comment on is that China doesn't suffer when the U.S. does well. China does well, too, because our economies are now so intertwined, less so with Russia. But with China, our economies have really become intertwined. And that is why it was necessary for Donald Trump to take on China, because they were doing so many things, including currency manipulation, um, theft of intellectual property from our corporations. Aside from the fact that our economies are linked, they were, quote unquote, cheating And Donald Trump called them out on it. And that's one of the things that they were furious about. But your point, to your point, your main point, that when America thrives, Europe thrives, absolutely right. When America thrives, when America is in prosperity, the world is in prosperity for the most part. Of course, they're always going to be straggler nations. So great point, Peter. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. Let's head out to Queens. New York and Will, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Thank you for the chance to speak to you. In my opinion, Biden and Garland administration will carry drag on this uh, investigation about Trump through November 2024. The reason is when Trump becomes the Republican Party nominee for president. They will do something to um, prevent him from running at the last minute. Then the Republican Party will not have enough time to uh, nominate a viable candidate and uh, introduce that person to the country. By doing that, then the people, the Republicans will stay home and not vote for the other person, for anybody, then the Democrats will have their nominee as the winner. 
Okay, I hear what you're saying, but let me just put my little two cents in there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the Democrat Party is doing everything they can right now with this persecution of President Trump by the J6 committee, the persecution of Donald Trump by Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, the persecution of Donald Trump by this woman down in Fulton County, this DA in Fulton County, Georgia. And as I mentioned, if, if you were with me early in the week, the one I think we ought to keep our eyes on is what's happening in Georgia. Because in Georgia, it is not just the Democrats trying to take out Donald Trump. It is also the establishment Republicans who run the political machinery of that state. They hate Donald Trump. The Republican Secretary of State and the Republican governor would like nothing more than to see Donald Trump dispatched with. That is why this investigation that's happening in Fulton County, look, Look, Rudy is broadcasting down there today because they demanded that Rudy show up. And yesterday came the news that they have made Rudy Giuliani a target of their investigation. Now, I am gratified every time I hear Rudy say that, folks, don't worry about him because he has the truth on his side and the truth will prevail. But you know and I know that the truth means nothing to these hardcore leftist Democrats. If the truth meant something, this Russian collusion would have never got as far as it did. If the truth meant something, Hillary Clinton would have never been able to run for president because of the the track record that she had that goes all the way back to her years as First Lady of Arkansas. If the truth meant something, the Obama administration would have been called out for spying on American citizens. They would have been called out for what they did to this president, the intelligence community, while he was running for office. So the truth matters not to the left in this country, and it doesn't matter to their media. Hey, just, just to put a little fine point on it, look at what happened when President Trump said something as simple as, you know, these people took my passports. Right away, we get all these media reports from so-called credible media. Oh, no, Trump is lying. They didn't. And then comes the report, oh, oops, oops. They just admitted that they did because they're sending him, they're sending him his passports back. But it had already been reported on, on lamestream networks that Trump was lying. And how many times have they done this? This is over and over again. There are people who still believe the Russian collusion story was real. And the media in this country has never done a full-blown retraction of it, meaning let's put this up, let's do a big documentary, we do it, on how we all blew it and how we all promulgated this lie and put it before the American people. There will never be a story from the mainstream press that really delves into how they tried to damage President Trump with COVID, including claiming that medicines weren't ineffective, that were effective. And they did that to try to damage him. So the truth doesn't always matter when you look at American politics. And that's why I'm fearful for Rudy, I'm praying for Rudy, and I hope all of us do, that even though he is targeted in their eyes, that somehow Rudy can come out of this 
because these people have it in for Donald Trump. They have it in for Rudy. They have it in for Peter Navarro. They have it in for Steve Bannon. They have it in for anybody that they think is a is a is a threat to their power. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls right after this. They're full of crap. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We must stop this president. It's Cheney Day. It was a night. You know, before anybody did anything, Elvis did everything. Elvis died this day, 1977. And WABC's George Michael took to the airwaves. He gave a tribute to Elvis, honoring the king of rock and roll. And today, WABC Music Radio 77, WABC Music Radio 77, and the Archive present a tribute to Elvis with WABC audio, exclusive commentary from Cousin Brucie, Joe Piscopo, George Michael, Tony Orlando, Dina Martin, and me, Bo Snurley. All you have to do, check it out. Go to wabcradio.com slash Elvis and listen to it after the show's over. <laughs> now, uh, we have the song that I asked for. You, you're listening to Elvis, right? You hear this, right? Okay, I want to play for a moment somebody that many of you never heard of. His name is Otis Blackwell, and he's doing a song that Elvis recorded and hit it. Yeah. I will bless my soul with the rope with me. I'm reaching like a man on the floor of a tree. My friends say I might get the wildest bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That record, and this is Otis Blackwell singing, is called These Are My Songs. Otis Blackwell was the songwriter for this and many other hits by Elvis Presley. Otis Blackwell happened to be a black guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That's all I wanted to do. Just, you know. Was that, my... be- was that before or after Elvis recorded it? This was after Elvis recorded it. But this is, these, this is the guy that wrote these songs. And this is him singing. And I just say that to say 
Well, I don't have to say it. You can hear it. What the entire point of me pointing this out is. I'm all sugar. Uh-huh. I think this is better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's our Elvis tribute. And since we're doing documentary, I'm not doing this to take anything away from Elvis, but I am saying there's a lot more to the Elvis story that never gets mentioned. And I'm just mentioning one piece of that. Okay. Let us go back to the telephones. Andre in Stanhope, New Jersey. Thank you for waiting. What's on your mind this afternoon? Yeah, you got to play some cuts from 68 Special, um, trying to get to you or, you know, anything from the 68 Special. But as far as the uh, guy you played, he was good, Otis, but Elvis was a little better. And did he get a royalty, the writer, for those songs? Um, um, he, he was acknowledged as the writer. Now, I don't know the full history whether he got decent royalties or not. I, you, it's an interesting question that you raise. If I have time, I'll look into that. Thank you. It is mentioned regularly, the aspect of the African-American community and Elvis and both positive and negative that he stole the music, which um, I say I disagree because he came from the South. Yeah, I don't uh, use the word stole. And I don't. And let me say, say, say something else. I don't believe in this business about cultural appropriation either. So that's not the point that I was making at all. It's not appropriation, not stolen, but it is what it is and that's that's my point is that all you call to talk about i thought you had something about the airports but i just want to say because i love elvis big elvis fan and uh he was from the south so the accent is authentic and he went to the pentecostal church and he and i saw a documentary where actually elvis his family lived in segregated housing units but it was it was actually segregated for black people, but there was one house in the Lauderdale apartments that was segregated for white people. So he actually grew up, even though he was white, in a black segregated neighborhood, believe it or not. So like he was steeped in the in the culture, so that was authentically him. It wasn't some guy pretending to put on an accent, you know, or like yeah. he was from that. And, uh, I hear you. But I, I love it. And before you go, play the 68. But, yeah, the airports, uh, I was due to the not getting the vaccine. I don't think I got the News 12 job, but I'm actually on my way to get the, you know, the second dose because there's another company in New York City. So I'm bullied into getting it. I might get a scratchy throat, so I better get it. But um, I took a job in the meantime with the car service, driving people to the airport, you know, mostly to the airport. LaGuardia is <laughs> it's horrendous. Luckily, mostly we go to Newark Airport in New Jersey, but it's like a hell, you know, the uh, looping around, and they have, like, they light off, you know, these sirens. Yeah, you know what, that's out. the whole point, and the point is that Pete Buttigieg, who's supposed to be straightening out or in charge of our transportation, A-W-O-L. No one sees this guy. No one knows where he is, except once in a while he'll come on with pictures of his husband and the and their and the two children that they have adopted and make some social media statement about whatever. 
But, Andre, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Frank in Culver Lake, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. Hello, hey, Bo, Frank. Good. How are you doing? So, all right. Listen, man, um, I really enjoy your show and uh, your dynamite. I miss my buddy Rush. He was a companion of mine for many years in my family. Um, so I was driving over the Golden Gate Bridge with my family on vacation. And um, the news came across the radio and like, like it shook the whole car up. And I always wow. remember that moment, you know? Wow. Whoa. And we had just, we had just left Vegas. We were in Vegas and, you know, traveling all along the West coast. So it was really exciting and uh, always brings back memories of that, you know? Wow. Well, I guess he was right. People do remember where they were when Elvis passed. Thank you so much for sharing, Frank. And I miss Rush too. And we all do. And I've had so many questions from people over the last few days and weeks. I wonder what Rush would think about what is going on now? What would he possibly say about all of this? Hudson in the Bronx, thank you for waiting. You're on WABC, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you, Hudson? Uh, thank you, Bo, for putting me on. Um, real quick, before I get to my Elvis point, I just want to say that one of your colleagues that worked with Donald Trump, and I think this is part of the reason why the Republicans in Georgia and everyone is fighting back against him, Dick Moore, is saying that, what Trump is trying to do if he gets into this next administration is he's trying to make it like any other job where, you know what, if you do a bad job, that's it. You can get fired the next day. None of this, like, two years, four years, Senate crap, guys are in there for 50 years. I think that they heard that that's about to happen, and I think that's the reason why it's not just Democrats and Republicans. And then the last thing I want to say is, just like I know, but how can 100 million Americans be wrong? with Donald Trump, because you look at all his parades, you look at everyone coming out at night with the flags and everything, you'll never see that provided. I love you, Bo. Have a good day. Thank you, Hudson. I appreciate it so much. Leonardo, you get the last word, maybe. What's on your mind this afternoon, Leonardo? Hands off, Rudy. That's what's on my mind. The attorney shown is going to make mincemeat of him in Georgia. Also, they got to dump Burkowski and open up Anwar. It's the biggest oil reserve in the whole world. If the people of Florida want to be poor, then they're going to allow them to use that ranked choice voting, which is just a con job. They need to have regular voting, you know, same day, voter ID, only citizens, paper ballots. But sooner or later, uh, the people in this country are going to wake up. Uh, the other thing about uh, – I just want to mention uh, Lisa Monaco's name, Lisa Odin's Monaco. She's the person behind Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is too busy with his son-in-law uh, spreading CRT to 2,300 schools. In this Which country. we have talked about, Leonardo, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that we should bring up again, how deeply ingrained this CRT is thanks to, thanks to the son-in-law of Merrick Garland. Folks, that's all we have time for today. Remember, catch a night up next. Hope you enjoy this Taco Tuesday, this Cheney Day. We'll be back with Cheney News tomorrow. And remember, catch a night up. Catch a night up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. I'll see you tomorrow on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Bye. Liz, you're fired. Get out of here. Taco Tuesday.